Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I am your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I'm so glad you're here. I've got something super special for you this week. You know how the universe is super sassy? You know that, right? We call it sassy AF. And sometimes it's sass is especially apparent. And this is one of those times because you see the universe really wanted Sydney and me to connect. It wanted us to connect so badly that it even devised backup plans of how we would connect. And oh my goodness, I am so glad that it all worked out, that the universe is sass and plans and logistics and all that worked out just as they were supposed to. So this week, I am sharing a conversation with Sydney Weiss with you. Before I go any further, let me tell you a little bit about Sydney. Sydney Weiss is a lawyer and the founder and producer of Seek the Joy podcast, your go-to podcast for heartfelt storytelling and conversations on all things self-love, joy, connection, wellness, and spirituality. Sydney's greatest mission is to uplift and empower others to find their authentic voice, encourage them to step into their vulnerability and courage, all to seek their joy and bring about greater healing. Through Seek the Joy, she's been able to do just that. Inspired by our ongoing journey toward growth, empowerment, and self-love, every episode offers a fresh perspective, aha moments, laughs, and stories and wisdom that will stick with you throughout the week. Sydney is such a joy. I mean, obviously, she is here. She has the gift of childlike joy. Her soul picked that out for her. Oh my goodness. She is embodying her design so much. Her energy is just electric and nurturing. It's like a hug. Well, being with Sydney, it feels like you're being hugged and loved while also dancing around and being super silly. It just feels so good to be with her. And this is our second time playing together because before we recorded this episode, we recorded an episode over on her podcast, Seek the Joy. And I'll drop the link to that episode in the show notes. We talked all about human design over on her podcast and I gave her a little reading so you can learn a little bit more about her and then come back and listen to us talk about ease and the wisdom of her grandfather and all this stuff. Okay. Now let me get away out of the way so you can listen to this conversation. Oh, but first, if you haven't yet subscribed to the Find Your Awesome podcast, please do that. And if you haven't yet rated and reviewed it on iTunes, could you please do that too? I'd really appreciate it. Please give us a five-star rating and write a glorious review. And of course, if you are more curious about human design, if you want to learn about all of the ways you can work with me, go to KelseyAbbott.com. Now I'm getting out of the way and letting you enjoy the magic of Sydney Weiss. I love you. You're a miracle. You're amazing. I am so grateful for you. Go forth and be awesome. Sydney, I'm so excited for this. Me too. We were just talking about ease and we said we should have been recording it. So let's try to have a brand new conversation about ease that has some of the brilliance that we just covered. <laughs> I I love this. First of all, thanks for having me on your podcast. I'm excited to sit down with you and uh, be in this moment and this energy with you for however long it's going to be. We were just talking about how I think it was that sometimes there's this message or this sense of for it to be worthwhile, for something to have meaning, you have to struggle. Like it has to be hard. Like you have to grind and really push. And, and we were talking about how, why can't it just be easy? Why can't it just come together seamlessly? Why can't it just flow? And why do we distrust something that flows and that has that sense of ease? And, uh, I don't remember what you said, but what you said was brilliant. (laughs) I don't (laughs) remember what I said either, (laughs) but it's funny to me because it's like this old Puritan belief that you Mm -hmm. must toil, you Mm -hmm. must work and just what the fuck? 
Mm-hmm. Some of us here came from the Puritans. I had a relative that came over on the Mayflower. I am saying not this to that belief that yes, they did have to struggle. No, not have to. Yes, they did struggle. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that like humans right now aren't struggling. A lot of humans are, and we all go through struggle and we can all choose ease and we can choose to trust ease. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you just said it reminds me of something, which is almost that if we do something with ease, if we allow it to flow, if we aren't pushing ourselves to the point of exhaustion, does that discredit what we're doing? And it reminds me of, um, you know, I think part of this is ancestral and generational. And I think about my grandparents or my great grandparents and this sense of having to work really, really hard to have meaning and having to really push yourself to some sort of extreme for the labor, for the uh, activity, for the income, for the paycheck to have meaning. And so I think today, some of us definitely struggle with that. It's like, I may not want to buy into that. I don't feel that way. But then again, do I give myself credit? Is there credit for what I'm doing if I'm not, you know, pushing myself to the point of exhaustion and burnout? And I think it's this kind of like dance we have to play with of respecting and understanding old ways of thinking and being in the world that's often taught or brought through, you know, um, through our DNA, through past lives, through everything else in between with how we feel right now and the moment we're in right now. I think it's a very interesting. It is. Balance. How do we honor the, the toil mm-hmm. that our ancestors mm-hmm. experienced? And yet, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're privileged. You mm-hmm. can just go to the grocery store to pick up a cantaloupe. Don't know why that's the fruit that came to mind. I don't really <laughs> like cantaloupe, but you can go there. You don't have to grow your own. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to deal with crop failure and all of that. Yeah. This reminds me of a story my grandpa told me once about, um, so, um, on my dad's side, my, my grandfather, um, his parents were immigrants from Hungary. And when they came to the United States and they moved to Los Angeles, they lived in a, uh, like a Jewish ghetto in LA in the depression era, and they were growing their own fruits and vegetables. And they would then trade what they grew for other supplies that they needed. And I think that sense of having to produce your own food or, or kind of scavenger for it or hold on to it definitely carried with carried, like carried with him. And I remember there would be times where he would save like this little portion of an avocado you know, for like two days later. And it's just things that we, you, you grow up with, you see that's passed down, but how do you honor that? And I think you honor it by seeing it for what it is and thanking them and thanking that experience and thanking that, um, way of being and thinking, and then saying to yourself, whether or not it resonates or not, but I choose not to carry it with me. So you can honor it by thanking it and honoring it by, having a sense of gratitude and appreciation and and understanding and empathy for that experience, but then saying, I choose not for it to be my story. And it's such like an active, um, conscientious, conscientious choice that we have to make in the moment. Because I think otherwise, then we get looped in into this kind of thinking of, it's like a spiral of like, okay, you take it on as your own, but it's not your experience. You don't have to do that. So it's a choice. I have so much to say in response to everything you said. Please. Okay. So first of all, the thinking. So like the key here is to separate ourselves from our thinking. Mm. Recognize that our thinking is not us. It's not who we are. These are just the thoughts that are flowing through us. And we can like jump up and grab them and catch them and bring them into us. Or we can watch them flow through and we can be totally entertained by some of the ridiculousness of them and just everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's one thing. Another thing is what you're just telling me, the story about your grandfather saving like little bits of avocado reminds me of a Davis Sedaris story about his dad. I can't remember which book it's in. It might be in me talk pretty one day. I remember it's at the end of the book. Mm -hmm. And basically his dad would, I think, I can't remember if it was depression era or if it was from his childhood in Greece, but he did the same thing. And he had a habit of like finding food in his 
luggage and stuff and he just eat it at one point he basically he ate the brim of his hat <laughs> this story i mean is only david sedaris can do like had mm-hmm. me laughing so hard tears are streaming down my face yeah okay so then moving on to how cool is it that your grandparents grew their own food and then used it as a barter system mm-hmm. and now we're in this place in society where that doesn't happen very much. Usually the only bartering item we use is money. These funny Mm -hmm. little pieces of paper, Mm -hmm. which now is not even the funny little pieces of paper. Instead, it's like typing a number into a box and saying, go. Yeah. Yeah. Can we talk about like how far we've come as a society, but how far, um, I think we, we've just come as a society and a culture and what's interesting and, and everything I'm sharing is based upon what he had shared with me, but you know, they had to do that because of where they lived in the city and being so separated from other groups of people and, and really sticking to only who they knew, which were other, uh, Jewish immigrants from, you know, um, Eastern Europe. And so it was just such an interesting Every time he would tell these stories, I just found it to be so interesting. And I would say, well, why don't you, wouldn't you just go to the store? <laughs> like, why wouldn't you just go to a store? And he said, that's just not what we did. We took what we grew and we went to someone else and they could give us what we needed and we would exchange it. And so think about someone like that growing up too, having that be their way of being too being in 2010, 2020, et cetera. And this is such a modern world. I, sometimes I think about it and I think, what are you and I going to experience in 50 years that we look back on at what we were doing in our 20s and our 30s? That just seems so like far, far away, like so far out there. It's so, so fascinating. It also reminds me of a fairly recent realization I had, which is my grandfather was a great storyteller. And he mm-hmm. would, he would clear his throat a million times as he told stories. And he's always doing stuff with his hands, like usually like clasping them together <laughs> apart, together apart as he's telling the story. And so many of his stories were basically about knowing people and mm-hmm. things coming to him. He'd be like, well, I knew a guy and that's, and so the guy said, you should go to Yale. So I went to Yale and like, oh, I knew we met this guy. And he said, you need to come visit this. So we went and visit. It's like these amazing stories. Wow. I remember when I was younger being like, pops not like that anymore. Like you don't just get things because you know people. Hmm. Like you have to apply, you have to write a resume, you have to, you have to struggle. Mm-hmm. And you know, as a as a four six in human design, everything comes to me through people I know. When I realized that, oh my God, the universe is so sassy. All those stories he was telling me (laughs) in a way, he's like, this is possible for you. But I'm in this thinking, like the cultural thinking of the day being like, that's not possible. Now you Mm -hmm. need to fight and push. And Mm -hmm. so, so it makes Mm -hmm. me wonder in your grandfather's stories, what did you perhaps think? Oh, it's not like that anymore. You can't do that anymore. And mm-hmm. what does that mean that it might actually be possible for you right now? Mm-hmm. Especially with your story, right? About your grandfather. And it, it's so interesting because whether it's conversations or stories that are shared with our family or with our friends, I don't think we often look beyond what's actually being told to us and seeing the deeper message, which is what you just shared. And that seeing the deeper message behind the examples he was showing you of what's possible. And that just brings up such a beautiful point of in these moments of relationships, forming a relationship, having a conversation with someone, sitting with them and exchanging uh, energy. What can we learn? What can we take? And what can we give that goes so far beyond the actual words that are being spoken? And I think that has to be one of the biggest things that I'm taking away from what you just shared and now reflecting on things my grandfather has told me uh, throughout my life too, of the stories about his family or his experiences, or uh, this one time you bought these shoes and you know, you, you start to think deeper. What, 
when you're a kid, you don't think that way. But I think as we get older, there's a sense of, there's a beauty and I think an appreciation that comes from stories when you have the opportunity to look back on them and reflect on them and, and think about what it is that you can take with you. And I think especially after they're no longer with us, right? What can you hold on to? What can, what can they share with you and teach you? And um, what can you hold on to even though in those moments when they're not physically here anymore? And I think that's the gift. I think that's the beauty. And, and so much of life is about relationships. It's about conversation. It's about connection. It's about um, learning. And you do that by listening and then also digging a little bit deeper and, and finding that nugget for yourself too. Yes. Um, what this makes me think of is what if we really saw the person, the person as a spiritual being as Mm -hmm. like this soul trying to communicate something to us and it's this soul in a human body. And so like with my grandfather, for instance, he's trying to tell me, Kelsey, everything in your life is going to come to you through people, you know, through not just people, you know, but through your people and your people are of course going to evolve throughout your life, but everything is going to come through your people. You don't have to struggle and try it a different way. And the way Mm -hmm. the human communicated that to me is through all these stories. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What you just said really, really resonated with me about seeing the the person in front of you as a spiritual being, as a soul having a human experience. Something I really learned after my grandpa passed away and he passed away in October of 2020. And one of the biggest sort of lessons or understandings I had after he passed was we are here to see the kindness and the goodness in someone despite what it is that they are presenting to us. So if you can treat everyone in your life by seeing them as this spiritual being, as seeing them for the goodness of who they are, of the lessons they are here to learn, of all that they are despite their bad mood or despite a negative interaction, you are so much more better off. And that is the task. That is really the task is to see that light and that joy and that goodness in another despite what you are experiencing or what they are showing you. And I, I really let that sink in, I think, a couple weeks after he passed. And I started to have difficult moments with work or things that frustrated me. And I would sit there and I would think, what would Milton do? That was my mm-hmm. grandpa's name. What would Milton do? And I thought, all right, I'm going to approach this with more kindness, more patience, more understanding. He used to tell me all the time, you got to be more patient. You just, you got to be more patient because, you know, you get riled up, you get upset, something frustrates you. And, and so I think what you said, it was so profound and really struck me of what if we saw someone as who they are, which is a spiritual being, and how could we then change the way we interact with them? And then the way we interact with ourselves and treat ourselves and treat others as a result of having that awareness or that understanding. And I think we're moving closer to it. I I really do. I think more people are, especially in the last year, beginning to see the other as not so much as the other anymore, but as me, but an extension of self, because that's what we are. We are all connected. We just are having a unique experience, but we are all one. And so it's an interesting shift. It's what you said is so, oh my God. Well, your grandpa sounds, Milton, you are so wise. So you wise. are so wise. Thank you for teaching Sydney and all hmm. of us. Hmm. <sighs> so first of all, it reminds me of a Ram Dass quote. It's something like treat everyone you meet as God in drag. Mm-hmm. And then um, the other thing you just made me think of is, and I included this in a bonus episode, Unicorn Bitch Slap for 2021. That is will is going to drop before this episode airs and can we just be compassionate towards ourselves please and towards others and i recently started watching queer eye have you Mm. have you seen it at all yet yeah i've seen the first couple of uh season is so good okay oh my god the The tears the tears when i watch it just i can't help it no they're beautiful or out Mm -hmm. so in the first episode i've only seen the first three so far 
Okay. Um, so in the first episode, it's about a Lutheran pastor who's gay, who came out later in life. And he's talking to these two other pastors and one of whom is trans. And he's telling them about this story that there is a boy in his congregation who came out just this past year. And he says, I've been waiting for this kid to come out since the day I met him and his mom and his grandmother have been waiting since he was four. And so the trans pastor says to him, she says, would you ever tell that boy that he should have come out earlier? He's like, no. She said, then why are you doing that to yourself, child of God? That is what I call a child of God bitch slap. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you would not say something to somebody else, please don't say it to yourself. Mm-hmm. 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 And it, part of it too is like, how can we see ourselves through the lens that we would give somebody else? So if I'm going to give someone else that grace, I got to give it to myself too. Yes. And, I, and I think the more that we can do that, the the better off we'll be. Oh my God. I think there's a gardener outside. That's okay. I can't hear it right now. Oh no, it's the city cutting down a tree in our backyard. <laughs> this is this is becoming comical. I'm sorry. I was comical. like, I, I was can't like, hear it. And okay, this, good. <laughs> yeah. This is the first time I've actually even paused a recording to go deal with something. Yeah. All right. You this and I have an adventure. It's fine. It's an adventure. We said it was gonna be an adventure and we, did. we are on one. So I'm 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 fine with it. But that was so funny. I was like, oh God, now there's a gardener. <laughs> Committed to adventure 2021. <laughs> but really. But really, that was my adventure was my word of the year. And I think it was, oh, we were talking before we started recording about time. I don't know. 2016, 2017, (laughs) it may have been 2016. That was the year we sold our house and traveled on the camper. But that makes me think, do you have a word of the year for 2021? Mm, I do. And uh, I wasn't sure what the word was going to be, but I had spent, I had spent like the last remaining weeks up to the new year, trying to figure out what it was going to be. And then I thought it's it's just going to come to me when I'm ready. And it came through a conversation with a friend and the word is miracles. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my word for 2021. And I think, well, I know I chose that word because I really want to remind myself of the potential possibility and actuality of miracles that there is more than meets the eye, that there is a greater possibility ahead. And it's my choice to dream it and believe it and choose it. Um, so that's why I chose that word. Because I think sometimes, I mean, I'm certainly guilty of this. I can get locked in this like cycle of, no, this is just how it is right now. I got to just be in this. I don't need to think about you know the future. I think we've, I have certainly talked a lot on my podcast in the last year about being in this sort of like in-between moment, feeling this sense of in-between, in-between where I've been, where I'm going, being home all the time. I feel like sometimes I'm in this in-between because I used to be out in the world and now I'm back home. And and I think being in that in-between, I started to sort of limit my thinking too of what's possible and limit my thinking of um, where I can go next and what I can do next and what I can create next. So miracles, I think is going to be a really powerful word for me for 2021. I love that a lot. And I think I may have told you this when we were recording for your podcast that I ask every morning, please show me miracles. Oh my God. That's right. You did. And it didn't even click at the time. (laughs) Had you already chosen your words? Mm Mm-hmm. Like two weeks before too. Oh my God. Wow. It didn't even click in that moment, but I love that that's part of your practice every day because mm-hmm. you're setting yourself in that space and in that mindset of, okay, show me what is possible and I'm here for it. Like c- commanding and declaring, like I am here and I am ready and I am willing and I am able to step forward in that too is so powerful because you're declaring like in, in, in your words, but also in your energy okay, let's do it. I'm not, I'm not holding myself back. I'm not believing in a limitation. There's no blockage here. And I think that's powerful too. It is. And the first, the first couple of weeks that I was doing it rainbows every day, mm. every single day. And I got to the point where I was like, wait, I haven't seen my rainbow yet today. Oh, there it is. 
<laughs> Miracles. I love that. Every damn day. Every day. Every day. And expect it and choose it every day too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look for them. Yeah. Because if you're not looking for them, they might not always just like smack you in the face. Sometimes they will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That goes back to that awareness too, right? Of like when you're looking for something, you're choosing to step forward in that space of awareness of it's possible. It's here. Um, if you're not actively looking for it, it's not going to pop up in your awareness either. But I do love those moments too, where you're not actively looking for something and then boom, there it is. And sometimes you need that reminder too. sneaks up on you, but yes. it's powerful nonetheless. Those are the, those are my favorites, actually, the totally unexpected version of like, oh, universe, you're so sassy. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. So we totally jumped into this conversation and let's backtrack a little bit and talk about who you are. Okay. And what you're doing here. And just, just tell us your story. I I love that. I love that we jumped in and you and I were, we were talking in the beginning and I was like, uh, maybe we should have recorded this because it was so good. Um, well, let's see, where do I start? My name is Sydney Weiss. Um, I'm a lawyer. Um, I'm also the, uh, host and producer behind seek the joy podcast. Um, the way that I love to describe the show is it's your go-to podcast for heartfelt storytelling and conversations on all things, self-love, joy, connection, wellness, empowerment, spirituality, and it's really inspired by our ongoing growth, uh, our ongoing journey, I should say, towards growth and towards empowerment. And I've loved it. I've been doing it for almost three and a half years. Um, It is so much fun to sit on a call and jump on the microphone with somebody every week and, and sit down and learn about them and learn about their story and then have the opportunity to share it. I mean, I'm sure you feel this way too, Kelsey. It's, it's, um, it's quite an honor, I, I will say. And, uh, really and for me, jumping into having a podcast was totally life-changing. Um, and the reason I started the show was I had graduated from law school in 2016 and, uh, was like a very classic, like overworker, overthinker, very hard on myself. And about a month or so before I graduated, I had shingles and I was 25 at the time and graduated from law school, sat and studied for the California bar exam, had my appendix removed a month later, two months later, I didn't pass the California bar on my first try. And I think that was the lowest I had ever been or felt in my entire life because I had based like who I was as a person on the external on success and how I defined success and what that looked like for me. And so I had to really reckon with the fact that who I am as a, as a person has nothing to do with the grades I get or the tests I pass or the high marks, whatever. It has everything to do with my own internal um, moral compass and character and kindness and empathy and, and willingness to show up for myself and others. And so I went through this journey and, and really started to take care of my health because Uh, shingles and appendicitis and a bunch of other things in one calendar year was a lot for me and probably for a lot of people at the time. And by the time I um, sat and studied for the bar the second time that following summer, I was just a totally different person. I went through like this metamorphosis, um, like the caterpillar becoming the butterfly. Like it was like a huge change. And I really just wanted to connect with other people who had similar stories or experiences or just wanted to uh, be vulnerable. And I launched the show in like two weeks, had the idea and ran with it. Um, Really didn't know what I was doing, but that's okay. And I was really glad I didn't know what I was doing because I had the chance to learn as I I went and as I got going. And um, the show has just been so incredible for me and so life-changing um, has really allowed me to understand my joy, understand what joy is. Um, and then other things have come from it, like a blog series and a sister podcast. And I just love the process of creating. And so that's me. And so, oh, but I did pass the bar. I should say I, I did. I always forget this part. I did end up passing the bar the second time. I am a lawyer. Um, I work in entertainment in Los Angeles. And so um, I do a little of both. Uh, the podcast and, and uh, corporate life. So anyway, mm. that's a little bit about me on, I, but it's so interesting when someone says, tell us about you. I think we all go into that default of this is what I do, but it's very different. I think from who you are 
And so if I could answer that question in a different way as well, um, I am a storyteller. I am uh, a compassionate listener and I am really here um, in my opinion, to just learn and to share and to hopefully share content and things and stories and people that's intentional and mindful. Um, so we can really just step forward and be, be who we are and be who we came to be. So that's on the flip side of the, I've got a podcast and I'm a lawyer, but I think it's important that we start to see ourselves for the flip side of all that too, which we often don't introduce ourselves that way. So, and I'm going to add a little more to that. Sydney is a 2-4 projector, and one of her gifts is the gift of joy. Another one that you might be feeling right now is the gift of nurturing. Just mm. anyone who's listening, do you feel like you're being hugged when she talks? Yes, I do. That's mm. just that nurturing energy. It feels so good. It's like hearts are coming out of you. Mm. In a good I way. love that. I appreciate that. You know, I think sometimes we can either step into that nurturing Ness, is that a word? Nurturingness? Or we can run, I'm gonna make it a word, or we can run away from it, you know? Like, I don't know, do I wanna be nurturing? Is does it really align? And in the last couple of years, I really stepped into, no, I, I like to nurture and I like to nurture myself, other people, things that I'm passionate about. And I think that's okay, you know? Sometimes we're like, oh, I don't wanna be the nurturing one. I don't wanna be the mother hen of the group, but just know who you are and do it. Just step into it. So I love that you said that. I appreciate that. I really I know do. that it feels so good to be in the receiving end of that energy mm-hmm. and that you don't even, you're not even doing anything. Like you're not no. making me a cake or like covering me in a blanket, but I feel like I'm being loved and hugged. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think what you just said is so important too, because we can share so much energetically through conversation. Like you and I are on zoom right now and everyone listening to this will just be able to hear us, but you can share so much of you, who you are and your, your spirit or your generosity or your empathy or whatever, whatever adjective resonates through your voice and through conversation. And I think we learned that this year in the last calendar year with COVID is I hope we did right. Like there is so much that we can still do and give and receive um, even if we're not in the same physical space, there's so much, there's just so much you can share. Yeah. Uh, that actually, one of the things we were talking about before we hit record was how quickly things are happening. Yes. Yes. And that's because of like energy matters. So we can feel each other's energies. Mm-hmm. We're talking about that right now, but also like that space between desire and manifesting is getting smaller and smaller Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. Our magic, our ability to create miracles is getting more and more powerful, more and more visible for us. Mm -hmm. It's just going to become a part of regular life. Mm. I love that. And I think we just got to get on board with it, right? Like just, okay, I'm here for it. I'm ready. I think there's sometimes like fear if it's too easy, like I don't want to trust it. Mm -hmm. Like if it's too easy, if it comes together that quickly, like is it a good thing? But I have learned, and I think you, you, it sounds like you feel the same way. Like if it comes together that quickly, it just means it's, it's meant to be. And there's synergy there and there's a flow. And I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had an idea and I'll put it together really quickly. And I'll think, did I rush this or was this just easy to put together? And then I'll just share it. And, and, you know, it has a, it has, it was meant to be shared, but you can doubt yourself and you can doubt that sense of ease in that moment. Cause like, I think we said at the very beginning of our, of our recording, like we are so trained in society to believe that it has to be hard. You have to hustle. Like how many messages are out there about, you know, um, you got to hustle to get to where you want to be and you got to work really, really hard and sure. Like put in the work, but have it be meaningful and with intention. And it should be fun. Like it should be fun and it should be joyful. And if it's not, and you're just depleted. Yeah. Don't go that way. Don't go that way. That's one of, I feel like that was a theme for 2020. Let go of the heavy and hard. And I feel like mm-hmm. for me in 2020, it was like so easy to see that. It was a, oh, not that way, not that way. Even today, I was packaging up a watch, just sitting my watch broke and I'm sending it back to the company and starting to try to take off the band. My husband was helping me. And eventually I was like, this is heavy and hard. Let's just leave the band on. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm so glad. I, the, it's such a simple example. But 
I don't, I could have wasted my whole day stressing over how to get that band off, but no, mm-hmm. that's not for me. Mm-hmm. So if 2020 was about letting go of what's heavy and hard, then maybe 2021 is about stepping into what comes after that, which is just letting it be easy and accepting that level of ease. So maybe 2021 is about acceptance and accepting that ease and accepting that flow and not being afraid of it or not 2021 feels to me like there's a bit of like, you better be aligned by the time you got here. And if you're not, come on quick, get an alignment. <laughs> like it's, it's time to go. And then it feels like a water or a water slide, like a really fun, not a scary water slide, but a really fun water slide where some Ooh, of the I love that. just can be like, Oh, like, I don't know where we're going, but I'm here and I'm on the ride. Like I'm on the adventure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It reminds me of so much of this conversation I had, I think it was in August of 2020 on my show. And we were talking about how you have to actually like be participating in life to have the life experience. Mm -hmm. And part of stepping into having that life experience is accepting and signing up for the adventure, like being fully here, being fully committed to the experience for whatever it might be. And I think for me personally, that's been a very interesting reminder, lesson, understanding of like, oh, I got to really sign up to be here. Like I got to be fully here. I have to be fully in it for it to be the adventure that it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. for it to be the um, learning and the joy and everything else that it's supposed to be. And and I'm, I just, the more I have talked about that, of like fully signing up to being here, the more I found other people kind of feel that way too. Like, oh, like have, have I really signed, like have I fully stepped forward in being here? Like have I fully like this is going to sound so crazy, but have I fully put on the human suit? <laughs> like, have I fully committed to being here? And sometimes I feel like I haven't. And so I'm, I'm very mindfully being like, okay, I am, I'm here. I am like fully committing to this experience. Um, cause there's some stuff that's scary out there, unsettling, troubling, doesn't feel good. Um, and I think it's about learning like, all right, it's part of it. And I, and I have the, the ability and the tools to navigate it. So it's like that trust in yourself too. It's such an interest. What you just said just brought me to this very interesting space in my head, but ah, I think it's got to be relevant for somebody. Well, I feel like that's, I love that way of saying it. If you fully signed up to be here Mm -hmm. and it actually going back to the water park, because that's where my head is right now for some reason. Mm-hmm. It's I love like, it. It's like, get out of the lazy river and don't think you're going to go swim upstream. You're not a salmon. Get on the fun water slide and just ride it. Mm-hmm. Go all You're not in. a salmon. <laughs> that is so good because you're not a salmon. You, you don't just blend in with everybody else. You are here. You are very unique. You have certain preferences and um, way of showing up in the world and like fully own that. Like be who you are. You don't have to blend in. You're not a salmon. Just mm-hmm. sign up for the big, the big, the big waterfall, the big water slide, because that's the one you're meant to go down. Oh, I love that so much. That's <laughs> really going to be quotable. That. That's a quote oh, from this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. What are not things- a salmon. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things you said you've learned from your podcast is what joy means yeah. to you. So what does it mean mm-hmm. to you? Mm. I love when somebody asks me, me this question because I think sometimes we think joy is the same thing as happiness and it's not. For me, joy is this very particular individual experience. And it's tied to what makes you feel the most like you. And it's tied to what makes you feel the most alive or light or um, any emotion that just, you know, that's me. That's how I feel. This resonates. And I think if we can connect to that feeling of joy, and the way that it makes us feel, it's so much easier to go out and find more of it and seek it out and know what that joy actually is for you. So for me, joy is really any moment in connection or conversation. That's when I feel like the most present and the most like myself. I find joy in moments of creating. I find joy in moments of just hanging out by myself and kind of letting my mind do its thing because it's very active and it does, it's it's always like all over the place. Um, and, And for me, it's just when I feel like, 
all right, I'm here. Like I'm good. Like there can be a million other things going on, but I feel most like myself. So that's how I define joy. And it's, it's lasting. It's internal. For me, happiness is like an external thing. It's attached to something great that happens that, oh, that made me really happy. But how often do we really say like, oh, that made me feel like so much joy, like so joy filled. It's so, it's just such a different, um, emotion, experience, identity, maybe because joy can be tied to your identity too. And I think in a really beautiful, powerful, profound way, because if you let joy consume you, I mean, Kelsey behind you, it says joy, right? And if it becomes part of you, you seek out more of it and you embody it too. So that's how I define joy. So beautifully said, Sydney. I have some questions for you then. Okay. What color is joy for you? Oh gosh. I don't know if I've ever thought about that. Okay. I think for me, it's definitely some, something in the blue family, like, um, maybe a teal. I don't know. I gravitate towards blues, to be honest. I really do. It's interesting because the branding for the podcast is purple. It's like a lot of purple, but, um, for me, I think joy is more tied to a blue, maybe running into a little bit of purple. I don't know. I've never thought about that. What does joy smell like? Ooh, this is another one I've never thought about. Um, So I'm just going to go with fresh baked chocolate chip cookies. Because for some reason, it's like tied to this memory of like, you know, you either made the cookies from scratch or, you know, you got them from the store and it fills up your home and you're like, oh, this just feels cozy. It just feels warm. And I think there's like a warmth associated with joy too. So yeah. 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 All right. So what does joy taste like for you? Oh, I don't know. This is so, I mean- you're really hitting me with some questions I've never thought of before. So, you know, when you eat something really good and like you can feel it in your, I feel like <laughs> such a weird way to describe it, but you kind of just feel it in your, in your mouth, like sort of towards the back. Um, I don't know if that's where your taste buds are or something. And it just fills you up. I can't tie it to like a specific taste, but that experience of like, wow, this is extremely flavorful. Um, I am like, like I need more of it. Like, I think, I think for me, that's what, what joy would be. I, I can't tie it to a specific food though, but just that experience. Yeah. It tastes like passion fruit for me. Ooh. Particularly usually passion fruit sorbet. Mm-hmm. So what does Ooh, joy that sound sounds like? so good. Hmm. So a couple of things, and this is very specific, but we're just going to go there. Um, the first thing that came to mind is being at a tennis match when the whole crowd erupts. Um, that that's like joy. And that's tied for me because or that's, that's what came to mind for me because, um, I used to play uh, tennis growing up and, uh, I would go to any tournament I could go to, to watch the pros. And I still watched, um, tennis all the time, obviously not so much this year, but that euphoric moment of like, you're on the edge of your seat. And then, you know, the player you're rooting for, you know, hits a winner, um, and it's not returned. And the whole crowd is like up and screaming. That's joy. It's that exuberance. It's that like you're on the edge of your seat waiting and it's like that release. That's that that's what joy sounds like. Maybe it feels like too, but but that's what joy definitely sounds like to me. And I would say too laughter. Laughter yeah. comes with joy too. Like that deep belly laugh where you're crying because you've laughed so hard and you're like, I'm gonna pee my pants. That's definitely joy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those two and things. And that for sure joy whenever you if you've got someone in your life that has one of those laughs that just makes you laugh too, that contagious laugh in like a public place too, where someone like awkwardly snickers and then you kind of catch it like you're on the subway or something. And then Mm -hmm. that whole, and both of those actually are, I feel like those are examples of group flow. Mm. That's everyone having that energetic experience together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Last question about joy. Where does it feel like in your body? Hmm. Two places. 
I think one sort sort of in the heart, in the heart center, and then also in the belly. That's where I feel the most joy. And I think that goes back to the belly laugh. Um, you just, it lets, it consumes you, you know? And I think, I think that it's for me, that's where I feel it because it's not so much in my head. Like I'm not in my head about joy. Mm-hmm. You're more so present in your body uh, and connected that way. So yeah, I think that's where I feel it. What does it feel like? Oh, like a warmth, right? Like a warmth, like, um, like a resonance, like a, um, like a completeness. I don't know how, how else to describe it. You know, it's not like a tingle. It's not like a prickly. It's, it's like a warmth. It's like, it's not so much like a hug, but it's like you're filled with the sense of warmth and like maybe a little exuberance, maybe a little like, you know, I'm going to cry because I feel so joyful, but that's, I think that's, that's how it feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love the difference. Joy for me in my body, it feels like bubbles. Mm. So like not the total opposite, but very different from that mm-hmm. feeling of warmth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is why I love asking these questions. I've never asked them on the podcast before. I was going to say, I've never heard you ask this before. So, okay. I know. I was like, these are so great though. Cause I, I don't think I've ever thought about the, um, that experience of joy is taste, sound, feel. And I think, I mean, I've thought about it as feeling, but not so much, what does it taste like? Where is it in your body? Um, and I think those are important questions because uh-huh. again, it helps you to identify it. Yeah. Oh, I love you, that you, you can that. recognize it mm-hmm. when you experience it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. people say that they're like totally disconnected from joy. Like mm-hmm. that they, they don't remember the last time they felt joy. But then when you ask them these questions, maybe sometimes they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've recently eaten passion fruit sorbet, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I did. I did mm-hmm. feel a little glimpse mm-hmm. of joy there." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what you just said is is really important, and it's something that I've thought about, and has definitely come up in the last three years of doing my podcast. Is but I don't feel joy. How do I find it? How do I connect to it? And is is joy like possible for me? I once got an email from someone that asked me that question, and. I wanted to write back in all caps. Yes, it is so possible for you too. But I think we often feel blocked from it because sometimes there is a self-worth component of it. Am I worthy of that joy? Am I being selfish if I'm seeking it out for myself? What is that going to actually look like? Sometimes we define ourselves by our experiences and we define ourselves by the negative experiences rather than those positive, joyful, joy-filled experiences. And so that's like part of it is like unraveling the identity attached to that no- those negative thoughts or feelings or experiences and, and letting yourself step forward in that joy and that gratitude and really who you are. Um, and so it's so interesting you know, whenever I think about that, like, yes, joy is possible for you too. But sometimes there's a little bit of like, it's like an onion. Some like layers have to, you know, be pulled off and worked through and looked at and that working through it can be joyful too. Um, I think I heard you talk about this on the podcast recently. I don't remember when, but just sometimes I think we think work has to be hard. Like when we talk about doing the work, no, no, no doesn't have to be hard. It can be fun and easy and you can come, you know, you can look at what you're, you want to work on or take a look at or, or shift or transform. Um, I love saying transform because transform is like alchemy where we're taking that emotion and that experiencing and moving it into something else rather than I'm going to change this or I'm going to fix this, which implies there's something wrong with us when there's nothing wrong with you. You're just learning a new way of being or making a choice to to transform an experience into something else and having a different perspective and mindset shift. And um, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just think it's, it's, it's so interesting. Like goes back to what we're talking about, about it being ease filled and flowed and you don't have to grind your way through personal self-worth work or personal self-development is what I'm trying to say. Like you don't have to grind your way through it. It can be fun and joy is possible for you too. That's my tangent. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I think it's not that much of a tangent. It actually (laughs) like just, just a note. Tina and I made a course called Seeking Joy for anyone who's feeling totally, totally out of touch with their joy right now. Go get that. There's tons of joy. Love it. I love it. Accessible to everyone. And I, I just love the commonalities between you and I in this sense of joy. And oh, I don't know. I just love it. I, I just think the 
Joy is just as contagious as negativity. Mm-hmm. So imagine just, oh my goodness. Imagine right now, think of all the negativity in the world. And what if we just alchemized all of it into mm. joy? What would that feel like to be on this planet? I'm ready for that though. I think, I think, I think so many of us are ready for that because part of what we're experiencing and this sort of heaviness is because of the negativity. And there are some real negative things going on right now. I don't want to pretend that it's all sunshine and rainbows when it isn't. Um, but oh my God, if that could all transform into something else, oh my God, what a different world. What and a different also world. Separating yourself from yes. the, what's going on in the world. Oh, that's alarming to mm-hmm. use your word. That mm-hmm. is alarming. alarming. Yes. Uh-huh. And it's fascinating. And while I will do my part to change it, I'm going to stay in my lane and keep myself as sparkly as possible by yeah. leaning into my gifts and sharing my gifts because that's how I can change the world. But mm-hmm. my stressing over all the stuff that alarms me is actually not going to do any good. No, no. And what you just said, I think is so powerful. And, and I really, I'm so glad you, that you said this because I shared this in a newsletter, like in the first or second week of January. And I talk about how there's so much negativity around us and there's so much that is causing so much angst and, and rightfully so, but what role can we play in transforming that? How do we show up when you often can feel so powerlessness, like you have no power or there's nothing you can do and you're, you're this lack of hope. And, and it starts with just being you, with showing up as the most full, authentic, joy-filled version of yourself. And how do we do that? By tapping into our joy, by doing things every day that make us feel good, by taking care of yourself, by putting yourself and your emotions and your feelings and your um, passions and everything else in between at the forefront. And it sounds like a luxury or it sounds like a privilege, but the truth is, is when we do when we do that and we can begin to heal ourselves through the process, it becomes this domino effect of healing in the world. Because if you're getting on the phone with somebody and you're pissed off or upset and you are now pissed off and upset with them, then they take that energy and then they're likely going to share it with someone else too versus showing up on the phone and being your kind, sweet self. And then the person's like shocked. Like I had this experience like a couple of weeks ago when a pharmacist called me and I was like, no worries, take your time. And she was so surprised at like the level of kindness I met her with. Um, I think I shared this story with you when you you did. on my podcast yeah. and, and she was so shocked and like, it really made me take a step back of, wow, she must be really experiencing a lot of other people's anxiety, worry, and emotion, taking it on as her own, and then anticipating every other interaction will be the same way. So if we can show up as being who we really are, which is that kindness, which is that empathy and that compassion and that understanding, it has such a ripple effect far more than we can even see. And so that's how we begin to change, I think, the world around us because it starts with you. It starts with showing up as you. It starts with healing you and then allowing that to ripple out. Um, sometimes I think, oh, it sounds so abstract, but it, I think it really just, it has, a, there's such beautiful potential. There mm. really is. There is. And it makes me think of my phone call this morning with like my Garmin watch broke this morning, uh, blank screen. And so I called Garmin and typically I've waited. I've had them like call me back because the wait time has been like an hour or something. Mm -hmm. I got someone right away. We like worked through my issue and then we just started chatting and we had such an amazing conversation. Mm -hmm. And, and then when I packaged my watch up, I, I was inspired to put a little note in there just saying, you're amazing. Thank you for what you're doing. I don't have any idea who's going to open that package, but I know it's going to be an actual human. Mm-hmm. And if I can just provide like a little surprise, little bright spot, you know, maybe, maybe they are grumpy and are just like, oh, now I need to deal with this note. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just the little 
piece of joy that they can Mm -hmm. hang on to for that day. Mm -hmm. Remembering there's an actual human on the other side. And it goes back to what we were talking about so much earlier in this conversation about seeing the kindness and the goodness in another. And I think we have just got to remember that we are all doing our best, right? Like we're all doing the best we can. And there's a human having their own experience on the other side. And, and it's such, I'm so glad you said that. It's such a good reminder because you never know what someone else is experiencing. So if you can positively contribute to their experience, their emotions, their, their, um, way of viewing that experience, I think so powerful. I remember this Brene Brown story. She's like, don't knock that mom who brings cheese balls to the PTA meeting. She's doing the best she can. (laughs) We all got to remember that every single human on this planet is currently doing the best they can right now. Yeah. Let's, Let's hang in there together. We got this. Mm-hmm. All right, Sydney, I got one last question for you. I really okay. want to continue this conversation for hours. Me too. But <laughs> we've been here for what, like an hour already? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Time so is an illusion. <laughs> it is. It is. Time doesn't matter. Time doesn't make sense. No. But let's imagine you get the opportunity to create your own billboard and you can put it anywhere you, and you want. But, but this magical place, everyone on the planet can read it. What does it say? Hmm. The first thing that came to mind, and I, I don't know why, but I'm just going to go with it. Um, joy is for the taking. Oh, I love that. I actually, it makes me think of like the, like take one. Mm-hmm. little yeah like those posters where it has like you can take a little flyer with the phone number yeah. at the bottom I'm doing something like with my hands yeah I know so we, we're both <laughs> like too bad to this is a video but I think I think it would be joy is for the taking mm. um because I think it would make people think like what do you mean joy is for the taking and then maybe it would inspire reflection or a conversation with somebody else of Hey, what, what does that mean to you? Well, maybe it means this. And I think the more, and you do this on your podcast so beautifully, but the more we can have conversations about joy, right. And about the feeling, the experience, the possibility of it, it's going to inspire more joy. It's that domino effect. So yeah, joy is for the taking. I think that's what it would be. I love it. It's delicious. Uh, will you please tell us where we can get more Sydney in our lives? Mm, yes. Well, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I don't know where the time went. Truly, like <laughs> I, I really have no clue. Um, you can find me and all things Seek the Joy podcast on our website, seekthejoypodcast.com. Uh, find us on any social media channel that you're on. Connect with me there. I would love um, to meet you if you found me via Kelsey's amazing podcast. Um yeah, I think the website is the best place or you can search Seek the Joy wherever you listen to podcasts. That's a great way to find us too. And you mentioned that you have a sister podcast. What's the name of that one? I do. Um, It's called Stories of Inspiring Joy. And it was really born um, as a result of a series that I had on Seek the Joy podcast called The Power of Storytelling. Um, I love sharing stories. I feel really honored to be able to do so. And for three years, I had people who would just send in their story uninterrupted. I'm not part of it. It's not an interview. Um, And I would share it as an episode. And um, in 2020, I decided, all right, it's got to be its own podcast. And I'm so glad that I made that decision. So you can uh, tune into that podcast every week for two new stories. Uh, People share everything from how they overcame some adversity and illness, a family tragedy, built their business, wrote a book. I've had people share their music. It's, it's really beautiful. So stories of inspiring joy.com. Uh, you can find that, uh, that podcast as well. I'm excited. I haven't listened to that one yet. Oh, I'm I'll really send excited. it to you. I'll send it to you. I think you'll love it. It's so powerful <laughs> to hear stories, share stories and, and really facilitate a space for storytelling too. I think, um, I, I just love it. So yeah, you can find everything there in those two places. I love it. I love you, you magical being. You are pure golden love light. And I love Mm. being in your energy. Thank you so much for sharing yourself with us. Thank you for having me. And I love you too. And thank you so much. This has been just, mm. I can't wait till we get to do this again. This is so much fun. Me too.
That's it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you want more Sydney, check out Seek the Joy podcast, please. It's so good. And then her other podcast stories of inspiring joy is also absolutely beautiful. Check out all things Sydney at sydneyaweiss.com. And we'll just get to know this this girl a little better because don't you want more Sydney in your life? I know I do. I love her so much and I am so grateful that she is now a part of the magic that makes up my tribe. And if you want more of me, go to KelseyAppet.com and play around on there. Maybe book a human design reading. Maybe we'll dig into alignment coaching, whatever feels right for you. And as always, if you have a question, if you think you want to work with me in a certain way, and you don't see that as an offer on my website, ask, please. Let's co-create something. I love that. You can always email me at kelsey at find-your-awesome.com. I love you. Go forth and be awesome.